part of the problem that I find clients have is too many options on Instagram and Pinterest, and then they're overwhelmed. So they don't want too many options from you. Showing them two options or the single one, if you just really stand behind that one, that's fine. Sometimes it's good if you have, again, that client that's a little harder to please. Sometimes the two options is the sweet spot because they just need something to say no to. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency for interior designers, architects, contractors, and adjacent verticals. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, and welcome to the show. I am Darla Powell, the Grand High Poobah of all things at Wingnut Social. And today's guest, Stacy Martin of The Freshmaker, which is a design firm. It's called The Freshmaker on Instagram, and it's at thefreshmaker.net, is an interior designer who has been in business less than a year at the time we're recording this, at the time this is airing. She started full-time in March, and she's already been published nationally, and she is dropping some mind-blowing systems and processes here today on how to construct your interior design presentations, the actual method that she goes through to present an interior design presentation at the risk of being redundant to clients to get them approved. She says she has about a 95% approval rating of her design presentations that don't need revisions. Would you like to have that? <laughs> like, if you listen to this interview, I think that you're going to be well on your way because what she has to say is super, super smart. The do's, the do nots. And I think that after listening to Stacey Martin today, you are not going to do design presentations the same way again. All right, before we get into the mini news and my interview with Stacey Martin, a little housekeeping on February the 24th at 11 a.m., the fabulous and amazing Linda Holt of lindaholt.com is doing a webinar. We are hosting, Wingnut Social is hosting, and the webinar is called The Five Smartphone Photo Tips to Achieve Magazine-Worthy Photos. Yes, you heard me correctly. Magazine-Worthy Photos with a freaking smartphone. You're going to want to tune in and see how the hell she does that. You can go get information in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. This episode with Stacey Martin will have all of the deets. And of course, we will be posting it on our social channels, on Facebook, writing it in the sky and doing smoke signals. So don't worry, but you don't want to miss that. And it is absolutely free. Again, go to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast for more information on that. If you're not familiar with Linda Holt, she is a photographer. That was her profession before she became an interior designer. And she has courses on photography for interior designers, a wealth of information. You cannot beat it. You can, you're not going to be able to beat this webinar and the price is right. All right. Now you guys know what time it is. It's time for Men in News. Men in News Sesh. Yeah. All right. We're welcoming back Abigail Weidman, social media manager at Wingnut Social. And today we're talking about, surprise, Instagram. Instagram has a new way for us to make monies. What is it? Yeah. So Instagram's always coming up with ways for us to make more money, but they have just launched an initial test of their new 
subscriptions option for Instagram creators. And again, like Darla said, this is to provide more monetization features and kind of provide an incentive for Instagram's biggest creators to keep sharing their stuff to Instagram instead of running off to TikTok or YouTube. (laughs) Instead of absconding. Exactly, exactly. So this is really new. It's in a very limited live testing phase with only a handful of Instagram's most elite and prominent creators having access to this feature right now. So this will look like once we, you know, more people have access to it, people will be able to charge a subscription amount from anywhere between 99 cents to $99. Um, And this will give paying members access to subscriber-only lives, which is exactly what you would think it is. Creators can broadcast exclusive lives to their subscribers. Mm -hmm. Um, So just a smaller audience so they can engage more deeply. Subscriber-only stories and highlights, which again, exactly what you would think it is. Um, Stories that are only available for subscribers to see. And then subscriber badges. So creators will be able to see a subscriber badge next to comments and DMs and story replies from their subscribers. So they'll be able to see a little purple crown next to your name (laughs) whenever you comment on their stuff. So maybe they'll be more likely to respond to you. Of course, you can prioritize your VIP fans for sure. I mean... Yeah, exactly. When we were first going over this, Abby, I was like, oh, groan. But you know, I, listening to you go over it, I I think it's actually kind of helpful because you could be a business coach or you could have a yoga class or you mm-hmm. could be the kind of creator that's teaching things of value for 99 cents a month. Imagine if you had 100,000 <laughs> um, exactly. you know, followers and just a, a, a small percentage was subscribing to what you're putting down. So in the lifestyle space, in the interior design space, I mean, there, there's going to, especially I see it in the B2B side, right? I see things like Architectural yeah. Digest Pro or Designers Today or those industry publications, right? Or, or having classes and webinars, or educational things for sure. That's what I would be interested in mostly. I'm sure there's going to be people that are that would pay, you know, to see Nicki Minaj's butt, you know, once a month for 99 exactly. cents or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of exactly. Yeah, and I like the idea with the crown. As as silly as it seems, because if you are a creator, you can say, "Oh, that that person's throwing me money. Let me make sure to respond or you know to engage with them." Do Do you have to have the actual quote unquote creator account, or can you still have the business account, or do you know yet? They haven't given out any information on that okay. because it is so relatively new. I feel like it's going to be based off of the amount of followers that you have. Since right now they're testing it just with like these huge accounts, like millions and millions. So I'm wondering if it's going to be based on your follower count. Hmm. Okay. I would be interested in knowing that because the API for Instagram on the creator account, if you use a scheduling platform like Hootsuite or, or Later or Sprout, that might be a little bit of an issue there if you're putting out content like that. But okay, remains to be seen. Okay, pretty cool. So if you guys have a, a pretty healthy following, if you're teaching class or business coach, or you can even have like a, a mastermind group or some kind of thing like that, there's just so many different uh, possibilities. Be on the lookout to see if you're one of those people chosen for it or if they roll it out uh, more broadly in the coming months. Thank you for joining us again, Abby. Terrific as always. Many new sash. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now let's get into my conversation with Stacy Martin. But before we start talking to her about how to make design presentations that are going to make your life a whole hell of a lot easier, let me tell you a little bit about Stacy. 
Stacy Martin is the owner and principal designer of The Freshmaker, a full-service interior design studio that creates bespoke, casual, cool spaces for New Englanders who dare to be different. That's it. <laughs> I'll add to that. She's amazing, and you're going to love her. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Stacy Martin to the show. Hey there, Stacy Martin. Welcome to the podcast. How the hell are you? Hey, Darla Powell. I am doing awesome. It is a true honor to be here speaking with you today. The honor is all mine. In the green room, we were having a conversation and I was uh, telling you for the audience listening how much I've been following your your Instagram account, the Freshmaker Design in particular. I know you have other accounts and just how much of a fan I am of your aesthetic and your work and super, super, super proud of what you're putting out there. Aw, thank you. Well, as I also mentioned to you in the green room, I really owe a lot of it to you guys at Wingnut because you really kind of helped me get organized and have a strategy on my social media. And I honestly, like, she's not paying me for all of you listening to say this, by the way, um, but I do accept whiskey. The checks in um, the mail. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, like, it, it was a game changer for me, 100%. Awesome. You know, I, I love to hear that. And you know, when we booked this podcast, I had totally, this is menopause brain, I had totally, it slipped my mind that you were a previous strategy client. So I swear to you, there was no ulterior motive in this. But it's funny that you mentioned that. And this is something else that we talked about in the green room a bit, because uh, there are um, coaches in the interior design industry, and we all have different points of view on how to effectively market your business. But our their mantra is that you're not going to get clients from your social media marketing or from your Instagram, and in particular, clients that have a bigger budget or higher-end clients. So tell me, Stacey, what has been your experience with your marketing on Instagram? Yeah, honestly, I get almost all my clients from Instagram. And funny story, even the stuff that I think is a little bit out there, like when I talk about my first concert that I went to, that kind of stuff gets me my dream clients. They love all of those quirky elements about me. And it's really gotten me amazing clients who are doing big, big projects. And I, I, so I'd have to say that is not the case in my experience. All my clients have been wonderful and, um, you know, ready to, to jump in and take the plunge. So isn't that funny? I love that you say that because even now, as, as we've been out there almost four years pushing that authenticity and being yourself and those little idiosyncrasies of your personality resonate with your, your ideal avatar, your ideal client. And we still will get pushback from interior design clients who are like, I don't know, is anyone going to care? You know, are, is anyone even really interested in that? And I were like, no, trust us, let go and let wing that, we promise. And it's always, they're always amazed. I, they're like, I cannot believe how much, it, you know, interaction, engagement I got from that post. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's awesome. Something that was in your strategy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, Stacey. Well, thank you so much for the free plug. I appreciate that. That is not why we are here today. Today, we are talking about the interior design presentation. When I was going through what you had pitched to me for the podcast show idea, I started to get uh, a little bit of FOMO, like I was missing out doing design for my clients again. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, design presentations. And this was one of the sticking points that gave me one of the high anxiety moments in my interior design firm when I was doing this full time was presenting the design to clients. And I think if I had had what we're going to talk about here today, your method and your methodology or operating procedure, I don't think I would have had any angina. 
So um, just tell us a little bit about you. You're, you haven't even been in business for a whole complete full-time year yet, right? Didn't you start in March? Yeah. So officially, I was doing it on the side, sure. and I was working for a home staging company doing their interior design for a couple of years. But I had always dreamed of really going out on my own. And so I officially launched on my own in March. On my own. Well, congrats. Congrats. <laughs> Thank that is you. that is super freaking impressive. Okay, so so let's let's dive in a little bit. Let's talk about your particular approach to the design presentation, uh, the history behind it, and then we'll tell them how to replicate it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll start with a little bit of backstory. So before I went into my interior design career, I was working in corporate in design leadership positions and trend forecasting positions. So I would go to fashion shows, design trade shows, and I would compile trend forecasts to bring back to the company. And I was also doing art direction. So I would help designers implement those findings that I brought back. And funny story, there were some other people in design leadership above me that were notorious for being naysayers, the notorious naysayers. <laughs> and so a lot of the designers really struggled with getting their designs approved. And so designer after designer would go in and they would come out and their their ideas were shot down or their project was shot down. And so one day I got to sit in on the presentation and I realized that it wasn't necessarily the client or in this case, the vice president, it was the presentation. And it was the way the idea was being presented to this client that was the issue. And so when it was my turn to start going into the VP's office and presenting these overarching design plans, I started with the why. So I would recap all of the the pain points that we were trying to solve, all of the problems. And then I would talk about our goals. And right from the beginning, the vice president is saying, yes, yes, I agree. That is a problem. Yes, this is a goal. And so by the time I got to the beautiful ideas and like the cool um, outside of the box solutions, he had already been saying yes to me from the beginning of the presentation. It was so much easier now to get him to say yes, because he could see why we were doing it. I took him along on the journey. We were here and now we're doing this. And now this is why, ta-da, we're going to do that. <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm no longer selling him on a design concept or a trend because it's cool or I think it's pretty. But now I'm selling him on the story of why this thing is going to be the solution to our problems and make us more money, make us the cool kids on the block, et cetera, et cetera. Now I know what I was doing wrong. I mean, we had some beautiful design presentations, but we just, it was a cold open. It was like, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, ta-da, here you go. Here's, here's, yeah. here's the whole design. And it, it, that is a lot to take in right, right there without do, build, doing the buildup and building up the S's and the storytelling and, and reminding them, okay, this is why we're here. Here are the pain points and here, here are the problems. Yeah, that is really brilliant from a sales technique and just from a, I think uh, as humans, we all want to, you know, it's like a, the archetypal journeys, uh, being part of that story, and they're envisioning themselves being part of, you know, that story in the before, or the middle, and the after, and the solution that you present. How does that look when you're actually sitting and doing the presentation? If you're there physically, or if it's virtual, are you showing, are you just like laser pointing at the before problems and saying, okay, do you remember this? Do you remember that? <laughs> Walk us through it. Yeah, sure. So I always start with the collective vision at the beginning. So we 
Well, actually, let me rewind even more. Sure. The process really starts at intake. So at intake, I make sure to ask clients non-design-related questions. So we get all of their design pain points. We get all the design woes that they're trying to solve. But then we want to know who they are, like really dive as much into the details as we can. So we ask a lot of questions about music, who, because for me on a personal level, my dad was in a band ever since he was young. I've been in a band. I play music. And so music to me really has this transformative power. So as much as I can, I try to include some sort of music element, musical element into the space. So we like to ask about music, favorite bands, if if the client and their partner have a favorite song, um, perhaps if they're married, a wedding song. We ask about favorite places they love to travel, all of these things that can really now start to build some tangible design elements within this story, this visual story that we're about to create for them. And so when we get to the, to kind of fast forward now to your question, when we get to the design presentation. You know, we've gotten to know who they are. We've gotten to know what their problems are. And we've also, before we get to the design presentation, we always sit down and distill the aesthetic direction. So, someone can say, my design aesthetic is coastal, rustic coastal or something. Well, what they think that means and what I think that means can be two totally different things. So, we really distill down three images, only three, that define the aesthetic direction. So now we have all of this back-end um, information. So when we get to the, the design presentation, there are now, we have labeled their project with three key words that really hone in on the goal for the room. So let's say it's modern, timeless, and family-friendly, or um, organic, earthy, and sleek or calm, you know, whatever the case may be. We have the three keywords. So our design presentations are very structured in that there is a cover page and it says our logo, it says the project name in the room we're working on, and then it says the keywords. So those keywords kind of set the tone for the rest of the presentation. And then the second page is text that says like problem number one, not enough storage or poor flow in the family room, oversized furniture, whatever it is. And then solution, smaller furniture pieces or whatever it may be. So we start with some text and then we show them the three image visuals of the aesthetic direction. So now it's like, this is what we've decided on. This is the problem we're solving. This is the aesthetic we've agreed upon. And now here are the things that will solve your problems. And when we talk about it, now since we've asked them about the music, we've asked them about where they travel, maybe Debbie McNuggets or whatever her name is. She loves Susan. Susan. Oh, Debbie's I'm sorry. Her, sister. <laughs> her twin sister. <laughs> so, S- Susan, Debbie, damn it, I forgot. Um, anyway, whatever. We don't talk about that. Mrs. McNuggets. She may, let's say she loves sea turtles. So now when we're talking about the design plan, we can reference. And over here, we have a tortoise shell side table that is a nod to your trip to Aruba when you swam with the sea turtles. And these furniture silhouettes are arranged in this way to solve this flow problem. And so as we're explaining the choices that we've made and we're walking them through the design plan, we're making sure to talk specifically again about how each element 
reflects the problems that we talked about before and solves them. And then how all of the details tie back to their memories or the things that make them happy or different aspects about who they are as a person. And so now we've we've not only solved these problems, but started to create the story about who they are and why this room kind of uh, is, is the perfect solution and the perfect end point to where they were before. That is genius. That is absolute genius. As you're sitting here telling me this, I'm thinking, this is the way of the future with regards to marketing in general, is that relationship building, that listening and understanding and making the story about your customer, your client. You started incorporating this in, in corporate life, but... I did, yeah. And I'm going to ask you to, maybe, I don't maybe you have numbers. I don't Tell know. Tell how old I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you can if you like it. It's, there's no shame, no shame in my game. How much more of a percentage of these design presentations do you think to close, you know, without revisions that you would have otherwise? You know, I have to say 95% of my design presentations are fully approved on the first round. Wow. With no revisions. No revisions. Wow. That's, it's the sea turtles. It is. It, it is a hundred percent sea turtles. <laughs> Everyone They're all research the sea turtles. No, but really like if you, it's the storytelling, that's the thing. Like back in my corporate world life, I really, really became immersed in brand storytelling and product storytelling. And it was so valuable to the, the brand and the product to have everything around the brand or the product, like participate in telling that story. So even let's say we designed a sweatshirt, how the sweatshirt was displayed in the retail window and what colors were around it, what uh, supporting accessories were around it, everything is now telling the story of the sweatshirt. If it was a sustainability story, the color palette, the materials, the plants in the window, all of the things. And it really opened my eyes to the importance of the story. And people want to fall in love with the story. They want to fall in love with the idea of what their life will be like when they come home at the end of the day and they get to experience this room. And so if you can incorporate as much of that as possible into the design plan, even while you're presenting it back, it's not enough to just use it to make your selections. You really have to like articulate that story back to them when you're presenting your design plan. And people are really, they really get into it. You know, you can see them imagining themselves. I'm into it. You're not even designing for me and I'm like, I'm all into it. So this does sound like it's a little bit more time consuming to do this and to do it correctly, but I have a feeling and you're going to either confirm or deny it here that it's going to save you a whole hell lot of time on the back end because you said something that presenting in this way helps to build that trust and helps to give you freedom just to do the damn design and not to have all that hand-holding and I'll like it when I see it or you know, I'll know it when I see it if I like it or not. So tell me how that translates. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Jerry Saruti, to more freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. So the more you can show your client the why of your selections, and the more you can talk about how you're making choices based on who they are as a person, the more they're going to feel like you really get them. And if they feel like you get them, they feel like they can trust you. And so the next time when there is scope creep, and there always is, and they're adding on their bathroom or their their primary suite or whatever it is, they can say, you know, 
We know you have us. Show us whatever you think. Just tell me whatever you think we should do. Because again, you've, you've taken them from, through your process from start to finish, and you've shown them why you're choosing the things. And it's not just because you're a designer and you think it's like so pretty <laughs> to do this white couch or whatever, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like a real thoughtful choice based on who they are. And you're just using your talent and your skill set to curate those choices to create an immersive environment that really feels like who they are. And exactly what you said about selections as well is 100% accurate. Most of the time, we have to reselect based on now timelines and delays and backordering and stuff. It's, it's a nightmare. Wingnut Social is now accepting full-service clients for social media management. If you are overwhelmed and don't know what, when, where, or why to post, or even if you're just too damn busy and don't want to spend your precious $300 an hour design time on Facebook and Instagram posting ineffective content, then head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Hiring Wingnut Social is a no-brainer, and I'll tell you why. Because you're going to have your very own digital marketing team for your firm Without the payroll taxes, the workers' comp, the health insurance, the 401ks, the sick days, or the drama, or the headaches. And we are the very best at what we do. And that is no joke. You can go check out the reviews, wingnutsocial.com, real marketing, real results, wingnutsocial.com. I love that you're saying this for any rookie designers, especially, who might be listening, because I made all these mistakes. <laughs> well, first, I had a client, one of my very first projects that turned out gorgeous, but uh, it was a big learning curve. Before you had said, uh, you you don't want to assume that what they're saying is their style, is what you're interpreting is their style. I had a client that said, oh, I like modern. We did the whole proposal. It was it was pretty modern. She's like, oh, no, that's too modern. <laughs> turns, it turns out she she really liked transitional. And we, I just assumed she, you know, she knew what she was talking about. And the other rookie mistake was, oh, it's just because I'm the designer and it's just going to be gorgeous. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. I mean, a lot of hell? people are, are kind of afraid, you know, they're nervous about working with designers, especially when you ask them, you know, what their, their budget is. They're afraid you're going to overspend and say, okay, you know, I'm going to spend every last penny on these. Or more. Yeah. yeah. Or more on these really expensive finishes. Or, um, you know, they're afraid you're going to give them something that they won't like and then they're going to have to pay for it. So by getting to know them up front and by presenting it in the way of the visual story, that kind of helps ease their their nerves a little bit right from the beginning. Are you getting their budget parameters before you're doing the story though? You have to, like somebody yeah. would think. Yeah, okay. So what is your trick for that? So my, my superpower trick um, is to ask them if they kind of can't commit on a budget right away, or if they're nervous to say what it is, or they're kind of like, well, you know, if they're a little vague about it, I ask them what their comfort level is on like three big ticket items. What would they basically, what would they want to spend on a sofa? What would they expect to spend on a, a bed? A, like a headboard, a bed frame, what would they expect to spend on dining room chairs? Things like that. So then when they say, oh, or if they're saying, oh, our last sofa, we loved it. It was about $10,000. Great. 
you know, now I kind of know where I'm going to take the selections for that that project. Or if they say, you know, our, our last sofa was $50 off a of Craigslist. <laughs> well, we probably won't take those clients, but <laughs> but you, you get the drift. Like we can kind of tailor the selections based off of where their comfort level is on big ticket items. Off the relative expense. Someone's paying ten or $12,000 for a sofa. You, you pretty you pretty much know how the rest of their budget is going to align. I mean, of, of course, it's always better to get a, a good range in the beginning, but you, the resistance is real. It really is. And okay, so what are some more examples? Like besides, uh, okay, we we know what my favorite band is. You're coming to design for me. You know that I, I went skinny dipping with the dolphins or whatever. <laughs> See, I what? think it was sea turtles, but that's fine. <laughs> we don't discriminate. <laughs> what are some other examples of those personality style questions that you would ask that could help inform your presentation or your design? Yeah, that's a great question. So I like to ask about trips, favorite trips that they've had, favorite places that they want to visit, even if they haven't been to visit. I also like to ask about what they do for fun. You know, if they really like to cook, for example, or if they really like to do yoga, then perhaps I, and and maybe they do like to do yoga in their living room, perhaps I'm going to make that living room space feel a little bit more zen for Mm -hmm. them so that I know that that's kind of a, a lifestyle choice that they would appreciate. So different things like that about their, again, their hobbies. I always, always, always ask about the fur babies if there's an animal Uh, in the house. And kids. Yep. And kids too. And making sure that we incorporate those elements into the story. You'd be surprised what elements you can pick up from someone's personality and from the stories that they tell. A funny uh, aside to that, I was recently published in North Shore Home Magazine, and the client featured in that magazine, their design plan was based off of their cross-country trip to national parks. So I loved that element about them so much. I love this story about them so much that we really incorporated a lot of the little details around the home based on this road trip. So we had like a giant slab wood coffee table that was sort of reminiscent of their trip to the Redwood National Forest. And we had this cool sculptural arched lamp from like that would remind them of like Arches National Park. We had some actual National Park posters framed. So there were some really cool elements that only they really knew how it tied back in. But um, it was just a really cool way to translate this family space into a, a story and environment that was really meaningful to them based on a cross-country road trip. I can imagine all your clients must be super thrilled. You're incredibly thoughtful. They have to have such the warm fuzzies. And I want—I don't want it to go unnoticed that you haven't been full-time for a year yet and you're already published in a magazine. How did they hear about you? How did, how did they get the wind of you? Yeah, so I have a design friend that I met on Instagram, actually. She's amazing. Hopefully she's listening to this. Nikki, you know who you are. Um, and she introduced me to a writer for the magazine. And um, wow. I, I pitched... Networking on social I, for the win. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. give her a plug? You can say who she is if you want. Unless My design friend? Yeah. Nikki Amodio. Nikki Amodio. She is awesome. We definitely share a similar design sensibility and she's, she's been really great. And I recommended her to you guys. So hopefully she'll be reaching out. Give us a call, Nikki. Come on. What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Stacey, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you that you think that the audience needs to hear with regard to the subject before we get into the what up wing that round? 
Yes, I actually would love to mention three things that I uh, recommend avoiding when presenting your design plans to clients. I love it. Let's go. Yeah. Some pitfalls, if you will. <laughs> Pitfall um, Harry. Remember that? <laughs> no, I remember Burger Time. Is that the same? <laughs> the same, same era. I think the yeah. same era, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm, now I'm thinking about hamburgers. I have to get back on, on track here. <laughs> One of the pitfalls that I see designers kind of falling into, I guess, for lack of a better word, is showing too many options. And I think it can happen when designers don't feel confident in the presentation or when they have that client that I know it when I'll see it client. They think, okay, well, I need to just have this client review six options because (laughs) hopefully one of those will be the one that they'll see that they like. (laughs) It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. Sea turtles. Exactly. So instead, I like to narrow down our options to one to two. That's it. And then revise from there because they're looking to you for your expertise. And part of the problem that I find clients have is too many options on Instagram and Pinterest, and then they're overwhelmed. So they don't want too many options from you, you know? So showing them two options or the single one, if you just really stand behind that one, that's fine. Sometimes it's good if you have, again, that client that's a little harder to please. Sometimes the two options is the sweet spot because they just need something to say no to. So giving them something to say no to and (laughs) then something to say yes to is always really good. That we had down. Yes. Nice. (laughs) Number two. Um, The other thing, number two, do not over-explain. So go through your design plan one time. Show, Explain to them, tell them why this sofa is the correct selection. Go through the story, illustrate it visually for them, and then stop talking and let the client continue the conversation. Because it can undermine your credibility if you keep explaining and explaining and explaining. They're like, why does she have to keep hammering this home? what's, What's wrong here? Good point. You know? And then the last one I like to emphasize is, I call it just the facts, (laughs) ma'am. Your Joe Friday, the Joe Friday portion of the uh, presentation. Yeah, I find that it's a much more successful presentation if you can avoid things like, I think that this sofa goes really well with your rug because it brings out the cream tones. You know, using phrases like I think or we feel like, things like that, and talking more about the aesthetics. I experience has shown me you will never have as successful of a presentation as you will if you can just say, we did this for this reason. This sofa is perfect for this room because it's exactly the right scale for those game nights. And the rounded back creates a perfect flow for when you have extra family over at the holidays. Done. Mic drop. Stop talking. (laughs) You're the expert. They hired you. The end. Boom. That's right. That's awesome. I, I, I think that this show... Stacy, legit, has been a wealth of information for designers. If I was still designing, I would be so grateful for listening to you and giving Aww. this advice. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I'm so flattered because <laughs> I have listened to your show forever. And Aww. you you yourself, Darla, have really were one of the people who really inspired me to just embrace my career. And, you know, go for it. And so to be able to kind of give back to your listeners and your community in that way is so really fills my cup, really fills my cup. I'm so flattered and honored to be here with oh, you. Thank you so much for that. that. That's my why, right? And seeing how well you're doing. It just, it 
that's it. I could die tomorrow and I'd be like, oh, it wasn't uh, a life, you know, not worth living. So Well, don't, don't do that though. <laughs> to get more we love you. We, we want more of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. All right. Now, Stacey Martin, I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. I was born ready. I know. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Don't stop believing. <laughs> yeah, it sings for a band. Yep. <laughs> You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food. What's it going to be? Burritos with extra guacamole. Does that, can I do that? Yeah, sure. That's not too food. No, that's, yeah, that works. Yeah, we, okay. we're a little flexible with that. I love that option. So a lot of guests inexplicably will say things like pineapples or fish. <laughs> I'm no, like, you're, those you're are... on an island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although if you have to catch the fish, I suppose that is kind of a different story. That's, you know, that's true. That's, that's a good point. Okay, I'll give him a break. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound impact on you either personally or professionally. Yes, I actually have two books. One book will kind of showcase my hippie roots, but uh, it is called The Legacy of Luna by Julia Butterfly Hill. And it is a book about a woman who lived in a redwood tree to prevent it from being cut down for like a ridiculously long amount of time. And it really stuck with me for two reasons. One, the idea of living in a redwood tree for a ridiculously long period of time seemed very cool. But also, I mean, it's just a story of like embracing what you believe in no matter what. And just like, just like, I believe in this. So I'm going to live in a tree. I just really was inspired by, you know, just that conviction. And so it kind of stuck with me. Legacy of Luna. Okay. And what's your next recommendation? So my other recommendation is one that you've probably heard of before, an oldie but a goodie, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I found it really interesting. So I first read it. We'll get a little emo here. I was picked on in and bullied in middle school. So that's when I first read that book. And it really worked for me. And so I I used a lot of those principles in that book. It teaches you how to sell yourself, to sell your concepts and, and things to um, people who may not be available or ready to listen. And so um, I think it's a great marketing book, you know, a great book that kind of teaches you about marketing and and dealing with people. And um, so that's my second recommendation. And that's a classic. That's definitely, that's been out for what, 30 years or so? Yeah. Right, right. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. I think it was published, gosh, back in the 30s or the 40s. Oh my God. Yeah, so it was old. (laughs) Well, okay. So not 30 years, maybe more like 70 or whatever. I don't even, I can't, I can't math. Math is hard. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the audience where they can go out to find more about you and how awesome you are. And then we will bid you adieu. All right. So if you want to find me on social, you can find me at The Fresh Maker Design uh, on Instagram or on the web at thefreshmaker.net, not .com. So just making that distinction there. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Stacey. You've been amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Darla. All right. Look me in the eyes and tell me I was wrong. You're going to do your design presentations like this now, aren't you? Tell me I'm wrong. If you're not going to do them this way, why? Why wouldn't you? This is genius. You know, Stacy was so kind in saying that I helped motivate her to start her business and, and all that. And I I'm, thank you so much for saying that, Stacy. That was very, very kind of you. But now I have to say if the situations were reversed, I'd be saying the same to you. <laughs> 
because that was gold. I really, I love it. I can't tell you how many presentations that I did, especially in the very, very beginning where I did give too many choices. I didn't set up the storytelling. I didn't do all of that. And of course, that was before learning the storytelling, the relationship building, and all of those methods of marketing and building those relationships that really, at the end of the day, make your clients super, super happy and you happy. <laughs> because you're not getting any pushback. It's 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 a done deal. She's got it going on. So let me know what you thought of this episode. And if you're going to start implementing this process, send me an email to info at wingnutsocial.com. I'm, I'm curious to see what you thought of this episode. And don't forget to join us on February 24th with a fantastic and amazing photographer, Linda Holt, photographer turned interior designer, as she gives us smartphone techniques to turn our crappy images into show-stopping images for social, to get picked up by magazines. You're not going to believe it. She is the real deal. Linda Holt was actually on our podcast. I want to say she was on episode number 12. <laughs> Back when we were super, super rusty, and uh, I had that co-host. What was her name? I can't remember. <laughs> Wow. All right, guys, that's it for this week. If you need help with marketing your interior design firm, your architect firm, your contractor business, your hotel even, hospitality is part of that, uh, those adjacent verticals, give us a call at 786-206-4331 or check us out at wingnutsocial.com. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. We'll see you next week. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. Hello, commotion. We're causing a commotion. <laughs> Don't do that again, I know. Um, let me use my ESPN to read your paper. <laughs> Excuse me while I burp up my Snickers. In the kitchen, my breath. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I put it in, I put it in motion. <laughs> uh, I obviously have no shame. Okay, get a dog. They said, it'll be fun. They said, oh, hey. And I'm, now I'm thinking about hamburgers. I have to get back on, on track here. Good boy, Mango.